Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome to the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler. It's a weekly show. We do it on Monday nights, 7 to 8. You can follow Trez on Twitter, at Trez Paler. Senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. There's a tremendous uh, Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. Oh, and he's a Hall of Fame voter as well. Good evening, Therese. Bink, my man. I know if you're anything like me, you probably enjoyed your Thanksgiving, but I'm going to ask anyway. How was it, buddy? You know what? It was good, Therese, and I did not let you down. Buffalo wing sauce on the macaroni. That's right. I know we talked about it last week, yeah. but... Um, you know, that was a special edition of a quick show, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I got to get it officially on the record for our regular listeners. Um, it was fast. Got Thanksgiving in Kansas City, man. It's the best. No, it was fast. It was furious. And uh, we did a quick show. But you're right, man. The, that macaroni's all juice stuff, man. That's what I'm talking about. It's all juice team. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, and stuffing, you know, everything, baby. So I'm geared up and ready to go and have a good show tonight. I'm ready to. Therese, there's a lot of things uh, to dive into across the NFL, things you've discussed with Charles, things that uh, I wanted to ask you in particular. And we'll start with here, 22-16 to win over the Denver Broncos for the Kansas City Chiefs. It wasn't easy, Therese, but what they say is a win's a win. A gritty, grimy team. Good teams win these games. Bad teams find a way to lose these games. So the Broncos, oh, hats off to Vic Fangio. He finds a way, like we've seen with Gus Bradley and the Chargers, John Gruden and the Raiders, Matt Rule with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I like the game plan mm-hmm. for the Broncos, and they're extremely good in the red zone. Fourth in the NFL, giving up touchdowns. That proved uh, very positive for him last night. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a sense for what it's going to take to beat this Kansas City team. Like, it's not easy, first of all. Like, we know that. Let's acknowledge that. But, you know, you're going to want to be able to be strong in the red zone defensively. And you've got to be able to convert, like, and run the football. I thought the Broncos were able to do that. Time of possession was about even. Yeah. And that's going to give you a chance against these guys. Um, and I also thought it was interesting. Like, you know, Vic Fangio, the Broncos coach, heated up Mahomes a little bit. A little bit more than some other and was more successful with it than some other teams have been. Um, now Mahomes still ripped him up most of the time, right? Like he's still not somebody you want to blitz, but you know, I think that that defense really competes and it's, it's good. It's solid defense, even without Von Miller. Um, so yeah, it was a continuation of some trends we've continued to see and I'm sure opposing teams are going to be trying to replicate them in the future. Therese, what's a bigger loss for the Broncos, Von Miller or Cortland Sutton? 
Great, great question. Great question. You know, Vaughn, Vaughn is a Hall of Fame guy, you know, so I'm going to go Vaughn. Um, that defense would be even better with him, right? But Sutton's a big deal because I, even without him, I kind of like the weapons Locke has. You know, I think Drew Locke is a young quarterback whose accuracy still needs to improve and he's got to see things clear, right? But, you know, the talent that's around him is pretty good aside from the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, I like his weapons. And if they get better play out of the quarterback position and better play from the offensive line and Vic remains the coach, that team's going to be spunky next year. I think, I think they got a better ceiling than their four and eight record right now. You think Vic uh, holds on? You don't think they make a change? At some point, they kind of have to see the course through here. I think it's more likely that they might decide to try to give, to give him one more year, but he would only, I think it's more likely they give him one more year and may try to make a trade, you know, for a quarterback or something. Right. Um, you know, like Matthew Stafford came available. Just, I think that would make sense for them to try to do. That's not really a condemnation of Drew Locke. Like I think Drew just needs like time. And, um, I think that this year, um, has been complicated for his development. He's one of those quarterbacks that needed one of, you know, the, the 500 OTA reps. Um, but then again, you know, things change quickly in this league. And I, I don't know if the change at in Denver will come at quarterback or coach, right? But, um, I, I do see there being a scenario where Vic comes back. Cause one thing I can say about him, when you're the head coach in this league, you're like the head problem fixer, right? And his issue is never, like the Broncos issues, Bink, they're never his defense. And if they are, he gets a quick fix. Like guys get clipped in this league when their side of the ball stinks. That doesn't happen with Vic. Like his side of the ball is pretty doggone good. They got to get the offense figured out. And I actually think they got the skill players to be good. They just got to upgrade the O-line and get more out of the quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see where John Elway goes. And they need the continuity. I get asked about Drew Locke a lot because I saw the guy play in high school quite a bit. And, oh, yeah. I love and, Drew. And you saw him that. play at Missouri. Yeah, I know you do. And I like him, too. He's He's got a good arm. I mean, he's dropping dimes in there. But he can throw downfield. He's got a good arm. And we saw him with the 44 touchdowns he had his junior year at Missouri. I think what's kind of been a detriment to him is four offensive coordinators in the last four years. I truly believe, like a quarterback guru, I bet Andy Reid would do wonders with Drew Locke. I don't know if he's getting that in Denver. The the Fangio combination with Drew Locke, I've never been a big fan of that, Trez, and that goes all the way back to his first preseason start in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame game. And it was that night I said, there's something missing between Fangio and Locke. I think think Fangio is the kind of coach he don't play around. You know what I'm saying? That guy needs like a veteran quarterback <laughs> in a perfect sure. world. He's got a veteran quarterback or like he's, cause he's handling, he's handing the offense to somebody. Um, like last year was rich Scangarello. Like this year, um, is, is Pat Shermer. So he's handing the offense to him and say, Hey, you handle this. And that's fine. But like in a perfect world, you know, he's got a veteran quarterback and you don't have to lean on a young guy. So, you know, um, I agree with you. I think four coordinators in four years stinks. That's a rough goal. But I do like his athleticism, too. Sure. I think he can make some second reaction off-schedule plays. You know, he's just got to be more accurate. He's got to work on his techniques. He's got to work on, you know, seeing things clearly and, like, getting his reps. He Again, I think young quarterbacks who need the reps were really hurt by this being a COVID year. 
all those reps he missed in OTAs would have really, really helped him. No, I you know, I think, you know, Flacco, I, I don't know what the goals were. He stated he's there to play, <laughs> not be a tutor. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know if they were hoping for some of that Alex Smith, Mahomes magic. You know, you sit behind this veteran quarterback, but he got nothing yeah. from Flacco. Well, and that's the thing, Bank. Like, I, I know I keep telling the quarterback, but it's important for the quarter, the veteran quarterback not to be washed, too. Like, that goes without <laughs> saying. Like, you can't just put, you know, a, a washed quarterback out there and say you're good because he's a veteran. Like, Joe Flacco stunk. Like, he stunk the year before. Like, that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about getting a guy that can still play. Someone like Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Um, and I actually, like, here's the deal. They made some signings in free agency. They had a good draft, and they traded for Stafford. That team could go nine and seven, maybe ten and six with some luck. I, I think Vic's defense is good enough, and it will be good enough next year because he's a great defensive coordinator. And the skill players they have, um, the young skill players they have, that team is—I don't think they'll beat Kansas City anytime soon. But like, like the Las Vegas thing, they'll be there. You know, they'll be there as far as competing for playoffs. Well, I'm hoping there was a play, Therese, that uh, <laughs> could have been the play of the year, to be honest with you, and it was a catch. Tyreek Hill caught it. I'm, I don't know what your reaction was. I was watching the game uh, with the producer, Kramer. He was in here with me watching it, and I was looking at Tyreek Hill's reaction. I was looking at how he was reacting after the catch, and that sold me that, okay, he didn't make the catch. And Kramer said, no, no, he watched it. He made that catch. And then we watched it again. And he made the catch. And Andy Reid said this today, Therese, when he was talking about not challenging that play. Again, I thought our, our coordinators had uh, had a good plan, I guess. And we could tighten up some things in certain spots. I mentioned to you last night that um, I could do a better job putting our guys in better positions in the red zone uh, with some different play calls there. So, uh, And then the Tyreek um, Hill touchdown, you know, I <clears> – <throat> I've met with our uh, a few of the people here on on that situation, and um, you know how we might be able to not have that happen again. And again, that's uh, that's my responsibility there. I, you know, I mentioned to you how it kind of went down yesterday, and and so our, our people upstairs got the the feed, the live feed, as fast as they possibly could up on the board and and to to the box, and it was just uh, wasn't quite in time to take take a review of it before we had to we had to punt but that's no fault of theirs Therese you and I watch a lot of football yeah I kind of liken it to that movie the perfect storm when all these things were happening (laughs) with that storm system because Andy Reid has a tremendous loyalty to his players and if they sell him on something hey I caught this I caught this he challenges it when they don't his loyalty to Tyreek Hill, I felt, was there in, you know, them punting too early. I will tell you this, that will never happen again. I was just about to say the same thing. Tyreek Hill learned a football lesson, which is you tell your coach the truth, but after, like, right after the play, you act like you did it to try to get the call. Um, look, I don't know what it's like to be, you know, to run a four two four, be able to ball track like him, you know. So I I don't know why he didn't do it in that moment, but that is something that he should have done. Most receivers do do, and um, you know, I'm I'm sure he'll learn from it. You know, the great thing about this team being a winner is that stuff like this just doesn't matter. <laughs> they won the game, you know, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't become a thing. You know, it it's fine. He'll continue to learn from that type of situation. No, I agree with you. And here's the one thing about that catch, Therese. 
Matt McMullen, who works for the Chiefs, had tweeted out something this week that uh, Mahomes, I didn't know this, Mahomes uh, is tied with Andrew Luck and Tom Brady, four straight games of 340 yards and two touchdowns. So I, I kind of kept that in my back pocket. And I was like, all right, I'm going to see what he does this game. Because if he did it, he'd be the only guy in history to have 340 yards and two touchdowns in five straight games. Add that to another one of Mahomes' list. That catch would have put him over 340 and two touchdowns. So I had to bring that up. Wow. Wow. What a special player. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, guys, you know, I've been watching football for 30 years, man. I just... I think I've I come up with different and maybe I say the same thing every time. I don't know, but this guy's Elway. He's like better Elway. You know, like I'm a huge dork, so I was like recently watching like, you know, eighty six Broncos, Browns, you know, in my free time and Thing like, Gash, Hanford Dixon. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Kevin Mack, um, Ernest Biner. Yes. Kevin Mack was my dude, by the way. I love that guy. <laughs> Him and Biner, but, um, man. But like, yo, that's like that. This is what that's his comp. But he's a better version. He's already got the Super Bowl win, and he's already more efficient. You know, um, what a special individual to have an opportunity to cover and watch and all that. I know Chiefs fans appreciate it. Fangio called him. Uh, he made a comparison, and I actually like listening to Vic Fangio's press conference because he's interesting. He calls Tyreek Hill the <laughs> fastest player he's ever seen. No, he, he did the Bo Jackson comparison. Yes, I know. Last year, this year, he said. Aaron Rodgers and John Elway. You got, he's got to throw yep. Elway in because that's his boss, but he th- kind of uh, likened the Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's the perfect it's the perfect combo because his off-schedule style is very reminiscent of Rodgers. You know, um, these beautiful dimes on the run. And there's not just not a whole lot you can do. I'll never forget. I can't remember what year it was, but maybe it was 2014 or 2000. I think it was 2015, that year they started one in five. <laughs> in the roll. Um, yeah, I remember. I'll never forget. The Chiefs were playing this role game up in Green Bay. And, you know, I did this whole story about, oh, here's Aaron Rodgers. How the Chiefs going to stop him? And I asked Bob Sutton, like, you know, what are you supposed to do against this guy? Because it sounds like when you blitz him, he punishes you. Um, and then when you don't blitz him, he just runs around and does stuff. And Bob just basically laughed and said, yeah, that's it. Like, you really don't – there's not a whole lot you can do with someone other than this than play your discipline and try to make plays on the ball. And now, I mean, now I know what that's like for defenses because <laughs> they give those exasperated expressions every time this guy's made a ridiculous play on them. Um, yeah, it, it, I know I took you back a little bit, but, man, that, it, it's what – I like those the, that That – it's the Elway, right? I mean, he's right, Bink. Like, I know he, he didn't just say it because it's the, the Bronco. He no. said it because it's right. You know, like, that's real. There is Elway in that man. Well, definitely at the end of games it is. And he did something again in this game like he has the previous two that I think should be pointed out. We'll do that after the break, Trez. And I want to look at the Chiefs defense because that's what won the game yesterday was the Chiefs defense. We'll do that next on the Trez Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. At Therese Paler on Twitter, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, puts out fantastic content. By the way, the Washington football team up 20-17 to 17 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, don't get too excited. This doesn't change anything. They're still the number one seed. Chiefs need to lose to an AFC team like the Bills next weekend. Well, it gives them two losses 
But head-to-head wise, I was looking at the Bills, but hey, Trez, Alex Smith, 296 and one touchdown. Can he get the job done? Never bet against Alex Smith. When you're that tough, you uh, make things happen. Uh, my man, the comeback player of the year, baby, in 2020. Oh, it's, you you love is. to see it. Already you is. Love to see it. Go ahead and rename yep. the award, the Alex Smith Award. But, uh, Trez, we're talking about <laughs> – we might as well – at the end of the game, and I've really been watching and really enjoying because uh, I like watching football for the different chess matches in it and clock management and what teams are doing what and what – Man, I've seen some good stuff from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And eventually, I think this guy's going to take over in two-minute drills. Just let him do it and call the plays and do everything else. He's that good of, of a play caller himself. And Patrick Mahomes, he's the one that designed all that Ferrari Wright-type plays. Let's put it that way. But three straight games against the Raiders, he got the game-winning touchdown. And then the following week against Tampa, he was able to salt the clock against Tom Brady, not giving him a chance to come on. Because he knows, because he's that guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't give him time. Picked up two first downs with his feet, and plus he slid inbounds to keep the clock going, which was smart. And on third and seven, he connected to Tyree Kill, who, by the way, went down as well. And he iced that game away. To me, that was just as brilliant as what we saw against the Raiders. And then last night, six minutes left, Fangio regrets not going for it, but they punted anyway. Six minutes, and Mahomes essentially takes up five minutes of those on a field goal drive for the Chiefs. It left Drew Locke literally no time and no timeouts at the end of the game. So we've seen this in three straight games, him being the Iceman. And that's who he is, baby. That's what he does. Um, I want Chiefs fans out there to listen right now to take a deep breath, maybe in your car or whatever. And just think about where you were before that. Think about how those situations used to terrify you. Think about how when other teams, particularly the Broncos, used to have those situations against your team, how terrifying that was. And now appreciate the way life can come full circle on you. (laughs) And it's one thing that gives me hope, um, you know, about some of these other teams out there that are struggling. It should give a lot of team, a lot of fans hope. Like it can, it can turn around, man. Sometimes things do turn around for franchises. Um, and I, I think the story of Patrick Mahomes and his rise to becoming, um, the NFL's best player in the face of the league and a market that truly appreciates him because they've never had it is an unbelievable story. Um, and one will always be talking about and appreciating for years and decades. Therese, I, I felt that way with John Elway. He left him too much time. I would always say that. I always feared him like the boogeyman. <laughs> and the Chiefs have the boogeyman themselves, and it scares the people in Denver. I remember a Sirius XM uh, show that Brett Favre was doing a couple years ago, and they had Aaron Rodgers. And it was interesting, mm-hmm. those two coming together, but they were talking about you know, getting to a place to have that ice water in your veins, getting to a place where that other team fears putting you on the, on the field, that they've left you too much time. And they had that conversation. Both those guys were like that. And the whole time I heard that conversation, I was thinking of Patrick Mahomes. Because they, they got to start Mahomes proof in these games. Like Matt Rule, you go for it, fake punt, do whatever you can. You got to keep the ball. You got to play these guys differently. Mm-hmm. And it's brutal. You know, it's brutal for those guys to have to try to figure out. Because, like, here, here's a scenario. Like, Bruce, you, like, you think Vic doesn't know that you shouldn't blitz Patrick Mahomes, but he's got to give him different looks. You got to mix it up. You got to try. Um and so he did, and like, yo, okay, now you, you, or you rush four, okay, great, here we go. He's gonna run out of pocket and throw across his body. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, <laughs> I tell you what they would have done, like two decades ago, 
when the game was more barbaric, yeah. like guys would have been coming for him. Like they would have been head hunting because they know they can't, you know, they know you couldn't beat them. And that would change how he plays. Matter of fact, that would change how a lot of these guys play, right? Like I, I definitely don't think, like I think if you had like 1998 rules, Kyler Murray doesn't get the chance to play or it, I mean, he has to go to Canada first because guys would be hunting him and it'd be barbaric, you know, um, same goes for Lamar. Well, Lamar would get drafted, but, you know, guys were already talking about moving him foolishly, right? Like, the game is just different now nope. because the level of violence that Greg Williams was talking about um, in that Bounty Gate video, audio. <laughs> it will get to that, him. that level. <laughs> I like how Bink got excited. That level of violence isn't quite there. You can't talk like that. I mean, you can, but you better hope no one's recording it. And <laughs> I, I do think we've evolved a little bit, you know. So it's just change. It's just, and you can argue it's for the best too, certainly. But, you know, I think, I mean, one good reason you can say it's for the best is because think of how much fun these young quarterbacks that can move have added to the game, right? Russell Wilson, Kyler, Patrick, um, Lamar. Um, these guys are fun to watch. And it would have been a different experience in existence for them 20 years ago. You know, it's it changed how defenses draft as well. You don't see teams yep. in the you know typical 4-3-3-4 lineman. They're in the nickel. And it's guys yep. like Tyron Matthew, the honey badge, that I think kind of redefined yes. what teams are looking for as far as slot corner, box safety, free Correct. safety that he is. Isaiah Simmons, what the Cardinals the are hoping with him. Jeremy Chin. For the Panthers. Chin is outstanding. Have you outside watched linebacker big? safety, absolutely watch Jeremy Chin. He's the only guy in NFL history to have back-to-back defensive touchdowns. He did it a couple weeks ago against the Vikings. Yeah, Chin is outstanding. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's doing the things right now for Carolina that the Cardinals were hoping they could get out of sure. Isaiah Simmons. They'll, they'll get it out of Isaiah eventually. But um, I, that's one of the reasons like we keep showing love to Matt Rule here because you know he's shown ability to get guys – like getting a young player like that coming from that level of competition to be this good this early, bro, you can coach. Matt Rule can coach. They had no business being competing with Kansas City a month ago. None. They had no business being in that game. But they're well coached. And they're going to be someone to reckon with in that division. By the way, if you're Carolina, like if you want to bet, like, you know, I know some people like to bet money sometimes. Remember this in the future. I'd be putting money on Carolina to win that division. I'll tell you why. Uh, Look at the quarterbacks of the other three teams in that division. Tom Brady's 43 years old. Drew Brees mm-hmm. is about to retire. Matt Ryan's getting older. Like, when the when the Panthers are ready to be good, and it might be next year, but certainly in 2022, all those guys are probably going to be gone, and it's going to be their division. So just remember that. The, the Panthers should be a team people keep an eye on, betting-wise, to bet on in the future because they're really well-run and well-coached. Yeah, and Joe Brady is offensive coordinator. I have a ton of respect for him. By the way, the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football team just scored yeah, again yeah. 23 to 17 <laughs> now. Got to nail that. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, the Washington, I, I'm still getting used to that. But anyway, and yeah, I still I call the Raiders Oakland Raiders, and I still call the Chargers San Diego, you know, those things. One more offensive guy before I start talking about defense, and that's Travis Kelsey and what he's been able to do, Therese. And I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, I, I consider him the best tight end that's ever played the game. And I think he's on that pace. Listen, 1,100 yards in 12 games, most by a tight end in the Super Bowl era, breaking his own mm-hmm. record from 2018. First to five straight 1,000-yard seasons. It's probably going to continue to six or seven with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Mm-hmm. And in listen to Patrick Mahomes today. He was on with uh, Carrington and Sean Levine. 
At 215, Mahomes joins him every Monday. He was asked the question, is Kelsey the GOAT? This is Patrick. I do, man. Mm-hmm. And if he continues on this pace um, and we continue to win football games, he's going to be I mean, he's going to be right up there with anybody uh, at that position. And uh, uh, regardless of if, uh, who's the GOAT or who's not the GOAT at that, at that position, uh, tied in. Um, I think that the stretch that he's had these last five years uh, is, I mean, is better than any other tight end in history of, of a stretch of how dominant he's been. And uh, I mean, and you'd see it this year. I mean, he's blocking, he's catching the ball, he's making guys miss out in space. He's right, right at the top of leading the receiving yards in the NFL. And to me, uh, hopefully, we continue to get better and better, and it could be one of the best tight end seasons of all time. And here's the thing, Therese. I mean, it's goat central. I think he can be the GOAT. Uh, Dan Orlovsky made a point the other day. He called Travis Kelsey the best non-quarterback in the NFL. And that was over Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald, we're talking about a GOAT. He's going to go down as one of the best defensive linemen in the history of the scheme's ever seen. I believe Travis Kelsey will get as the best tight end. And the Mahomes book isn't written yet, but he's certainly on that trajectory. A lot of GOATs playing right now. I definitely think we're going to look back at Travis Kelsey as – the best pass-catching tight end of his generation. Um, There will be future tight ends who are like, man, I want to run routes like Kelsey, you know. There will be future coaches who say, man, let's try to scheme stuff up to get Kelsey, you know, our tight end who's athletic and can run a little bit involved like Kelsey was. Um, I think there's always going to be the perception that Gronk, was the better tight end during their primes because Gronk did all. Well, he he actually wasn't as good of a receiving tight end as Kelsey, but he did block his tail off, right? And just from a complete perspective, you know, he was really critical to um, those New England teams and how they played and what they did because you can't beat a power offense without a tight end that can really, really block. Um, but I, again, though, Bank, I think he's going to be right there with Gronk, and it matters, man, like – he was all decade, man. That matters. Like, that really, really matters. Gronk was first team, but Kelsey was second team ahead of Kittle. And at the end of the day, that's going to get him in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think he's going to have to wait a long time. It might not be first ballot, but he will get in because he was a great player on a Super Bowl champ that had big-time moments and has that on his resume, and he will deserve it. I will look forward to standing in front of that room and giving his case. Well, you're one to ask of that because you are a Hall of Fame voter for the National Football League. By the way, Washington has beaten the Steelers. They have a loss on their record. This is the greatest start wow. in Pittsburgh history. They had never been 8-0. As great as this franchise has been, they've never been 8-0. They were 11-0. They take the loss tonight. They're still the number one seed. I'll caution people that. They're still the number one seed. Need to take one more L, but how about Alex Smith? Stepping up for him. And don't forget the final segment, 913-576-7610. Get your comments or questions in for Therese Paler. We're going to switch gears a little bit and go around the NFL. But before we do, including an article you have on Yahoo that I think is fantastic, I want to get to that in the next segment. But I want to ask you about one defensive player who I consider the Pat Mahomes of the defense for the Chiefs. We'll do that next on the Therese Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. Reggie Nanaheim knows the routine. He's already got a question in for Therese in the next segment. Therese, I was going to ask you about one man, the Honey Badger. I'll never forget when he signed his contract in Kansas City. Pete Sweeney and I had a chance to talk to him there. 
at Arrowhead right afterwards. He made a comment uh, during the press conference that Patrick Mahomes had called him. said, you take over the defense, I'll do the offense. Obviously, the Honey Badger was instrumental with Steve Spagnola, you know, coming in with the new coaching staff and new players, and Frank Clark hadn't signed here yet. But last night, targeted three times, two picks, a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think his best game of 2020, and he had a tackle for loss. Chiefs leading tackler, him and Hitchens had seven, but this guy continues to be this guy for this defense. Yeah, another special player. You know, they can't do this without him. <laughs> you know, another guy that they just can't do it without. So, um, you know, he's going to have to keep this up. You know, I, I don't think the defense has been as efficient. Um you know, in, in recent weeks, um, look, they've done enough to win, but you want to start seeing them really tighten the screws on teams um, over the last month or so. We'll see how that goes. I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll be looking forward especially to that Chiefs-Saints game coming up in a couple weeks. Expect both teams to really go at it. Like, I think that's a statement game because they know, both teams know, they could very easily Meet again in February. No question. I'm looking at you and I both picked the Saints Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, you had an interesting article on Yahoo Sports, and I recommend people check that out or go to at Trez Paler. He's got a link, and it was about Baker Mayfield and the Browns. The Browns uh, turned some heads, and a lot of people were talking about it. I will caution it a little bit because, Trez, I consider them, like the Titans, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team, meaning one yep. week they look great, like the Titans. They look great against the Colts. Didn't look good, and they didn't look good at Colts in Nashville, but they looked great against them in Indianapolis. And then they stormed back against Cleveland. Cleveland's best win was that Titans game or the Colts game earlier this season. But I caution it. Baker Mayfield had an interesting things to say after the game, and I want to get your take on it. I am who I am, and I've always said that, so I'm going to continue to do that and improve. And but then also, you know, trying to elevate the guys around me. That's the one thing that I've always prided myself on is being a leader and getting guys around me to play harder. The things about being myself, it needs to be authentic to be able to do that. I am who I am has always said that. Then he goes to White Shrute. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, then I don't do that. He's got a history now of pop culture quotes at the end of games. All right, is he the right guy, Therese? Some people, you know, like Brandon Marshall said, I wouldn't play for him. You got a coach around Baker Mayfield. Where do you think Baker sits in with Cleveland? Because I thought this was a put up or shut up year for him. Yeah, I, I think he would play for him. Like I, you know, uh, I think Mayfield bring cares about football a lot. No matter what you think about his cockiness or edginess, he actually really does care about the game. And I, 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 I do like studying body language, and I watch those guys play, and like he seems to be really into it with his receivers and stuff. Like, I like the way his teammates respond to him. So I actually think he would play for him. And here's what I will say. I actually don't disagree with your assertion that, like the Titans, they're a bit of a Jekyll, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team, um, because I've got those two teams in that second tier in the AFC still. Um, both of them have flaws. I think Cleveland's young, and I think this is a team that, uh, allow me to be clear, I don't think they're going to, go to the Super Bowl or anything. There are not many 99 Rams examples out there of a young team that just puts it together and doesn't have the heartbreak of a previous playoff loss. But I do think if Mayfield plays like that, 
A, it, it bodes well for his future as a long-term starter, and he needed that. He needed that type of performance against a good team. Um, but but it also gives them a chance to maybe win a game in the playoffs, and that would be big for that program. So, you know, like, you know, they're young, number one. They're, they're flaws. They're young. I'm not crazy about their depth. You know, their safeties are slow. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got some real issues that would be exploited in the playoffs. But the Titans do, too. The Titans have a defense that's not very good, and that's going to get them beat in the playoffs. So, um you know, both those, that, I think that's an accurate characterization on your part. I'm good with that. I think that's fair. Um, but, but I, I was just trying to point out that I do think like, you know, Baker dude, like he needed that game and I thought he delivered for his team. And I think it bodes well for the future for him. They're just like the Colts, the Titans, the Browns. Like I can't really identify who and what they are, Therese, because on a week to week basis, they're different to everybody on their bandwagon. We've talked about the Bucks being like this. Mm-hmm. Look like world beaters, and they don't. The Bills playing at the pesky 49ers. It's in Arizona mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. Still scoreless. Who is that top team in the next tier besides the Chiefs and the Steelers? Are the Bills better than the Titans, the Colts, uh, the Browns? I got the Bills in that next tier. I have more faith in the Bills than those other two teams. Okay. You know, here's what we know about Buffalo. They've got a good coach, someone who's coached under Andy Reid and knows his tricks. They have a quarterback that has the ability to pull some plays out of his rear in a similar way as Mahomes. Now, he's much more turnover prone, but if you catch him on the right day, like he can deliver, you know, an MVP type performance. So Josh Allen's a good player. People just have to square that away because it's real. It's true. Um, and then their defense is well coached. And I really like what Brian Dable has done with their offense. Like they spread you out. Uh, they, they, they try to establish the run a little bit, but you know, they, they take advantage of passing game. They got plenty of targets. It's just a good offense that, that fits what Josh Allen does best. There's some, um, you know, timing shots he's gotten better at and he's gotten more accurate too. So, um, I, I like the Bills, man. I think that's a good team. They're going to win that division. Um, they're probably going to get to the divisional round and they're not going to be an easy out for either the Chiefs or the Steelers. Going to have a little bit of fun. Coming up next, we're going to look at the uh, debacle in New York. I want to get Therese's <laughs> opinion on this. I always say embrace the suck. That's what they need to do. Embrace yep. that. We'll take a look at that and your questions. You guys are rolling in on a text line tonight. I like that. We'll hit your questions next on the Therese Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Rez Baylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley, Nick Price producing the operation. All right, Therese, I want you to hear something. This was the play, Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs. And this is not called by the Raiders Network, all right? Brett Musburger not on this call. This is the Jets. <laughs> play clock down to four. Carr takes the snap. Here comes an all-out blitz. Steps up in the pocket. Unloads one down the left sideline. Looking for Ruggs. Drops it in. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? Henry Ruggs down the sideline, and Carr finds him for a go-ahead touchdown with five seconds to go. Yeah, about that, Therese. As we go around the NFL, cover zero, Greg Williams takes the sword today. I always say this, Therese, keep your coaching staff together. You have Trevor Lawrence. It's 33-1 and one as a starter. He's only lost to LSU in the national title game. Oh, and by the way, he has a national title over Alabama. Um... Keep losing and don't fire anybody. Yeah, I mean, look, you almost have to fire him because that was just a 
disgraceful call. If you want to be over 16, Trez, you got to embrace the suck. Yeah, but you but you also have to finish like a season, you know, and you can't if you can't like in good faith get in front of a room of 53 men and like keep that guy after he's done that. He had already lost the locker room like Marcus May after the game was like, you know, and this is as close as most players have come to criticizing, um, you know, coaches. He was like, yeah, we, you know, we have to do a better job with our technique and all that. But uh, yeah, it's also up to the coaches to give us a better call at that spot. And that's, you know, that I mean, you've been, you know, that's, that's pretty fire. He had to go. <laughs> Henry Ruggs, the second fastest guy in the NFL next to Tyree Kill <laughs> against Lamar Jackson. Not the one from the Ravens, an undrafted no, corner out of Nebraska. guy. Yeah. Yep, a four six guy. That was yeah. brutal. I feel good. How about the? How about the, well? They call him Touchdown Taysom. I know fantasy football players don't like the word, <laughs> but you know what? He's playing well. And Sean Payton, after the game, says this is why they're playing well without Drew Brees. It's the position everyone focuses on, but man, our team's playing well. We're fortunate to have depth at a number of positions, and and that's including quarterback. And so I'm proud of you know how we played. We knew it was going to be a tough game. I just think. We're doing a number of things that give us a chance to win. Obviously, there's some stuff that we've got to clean up. All right, Therese, that's the quarterback of the future for the Saints? Might be. You know, I think he's brought a dynamic element to the offense. He's doing a lot of the Drew Brees stuff. Not all of it, but he's doing a lot of it because he's not as efficient as a short passer. But, you know, he's doing some of that, and he's trying to stretch the field. But also the quarterback run game stuff is powerful. Like, they can run quarterback power with him. They can run zone read. And they have not fully tapped into Alvin Kamara's pass-catching ability under with Taysom Hill under center yet. So um, I would expect that And when the Chiefs meet these guys in a couple weeks because uh, Drew Brees will very likely be back by then. But uh, I've seen enough from Taysom Hill to think that if he can just cut down the fumbles, you know, he's got a chance to be a dynamic player at quarterback in this league. Speaking of quarterbacks, Tua was back, 296 yards and a touchdown. Chiefs will see Tua this weekend. And he's going to see a really, really, the Chiefs are going to see a really good defense. Um, this is going to be a fascinating game to study on tape because I'm very interested to see some of the looks that Brian Flores draws up. He's very creative. It's very difficult to decipher what their personnel groupings are on defense because guys are standing up. and it's, it's very flexible as far as what he asks guys to do. Some guys blitz, some guys can cover. They got a lot of guys that can do both, so it's hard to get the numbers and block it up right, okay? So um, very fascinating game coming. You know, I think two is going to get better with his um, – yeah, just his overall dynamism, you know, but I like what I see from him so far. He throws on time, throws in rhythm, and he's got a little playmaking ability to him. I really like where the Dolphins are headed. Belichick pounded the Chargers, the worst loss uh, ever for the Chargers. Anthony yeah. Lynn, all right, they have a committee of three. They, they demoted their special teams coach, telling the staff there's a committee of three looking at their special teams. It wasn't good. Anthony Lynn called it unacceptable what happened. They gave up the kick returns. The special teams was horrid, and people pointing to Anthony Lynn. I guess today he was talking. He may take it over completely because he used to be a special teams player himself, but uh, things not looking good for Anthony Lynn, and the EB talk's going to be heating up in L.A. Yeah, and that's going to be tempting because, you know, you've already got a young quarterback there and some room to grow in a market where you'll get time. Like, there's not a ton of pressure to win in that fan base. That fan base is easy, baby, so... Um, you got a young quarterback you can develop. 
um, some pieces on defense. They already got the two edge rushers, you know, and Derwin James Jr. when he comes back. That's a potentially quick turnaround. And I think the bigger story here, Bank, is that, you know, we look at the AFC West and, like, I, I do think there's a future for the other three teams in this division. Like, they're going to be fighting for number two, but, um, you know, those, those, this is going to be a fascinating battle. Like, I think next year, like, one of these teams will be making the playoffs outside of Kansas City, so two from the division. Like, I kind of like the way both all these teams have the potential to tread. Well, here's listener questions. Don't forget, this will be podcast, and you can go back and listen to Therese Paler here. Go to his NFL Yahoo podcast with Charles Robinson. It's fantastic as well. This one comes from Reggie in Anaheim, our guy. says, hey, Therese, when will we see DeAndre Baker? And is the O-line bad or the running backs not good in short yardage situations? Because we can't on the goal line. So two-part question there. Yep. Well, first of all, I want to say, Reg, thanks for listening, man. I appreciate it. I know you're a devout listener, so thank you. Um, You will see Baker fairly soon. I was told that he'll – it's the Stephen Wisniewski plan. So let him get in here, get involved, and he'll be activated at some point this month. And you saw Wiz, you know, that's already happened. So that that will be coming. Um, The second part, you know, the offensive line is just not a dominant group. Like, they they haven't built it that way. They haven't invested in it for it to be that way. Like, um, I do think that's the next stage of this rebuild. uh, Not rebuild, but of building, you know, the the Patrick Mahomes-led future. Like, you're going to want to get at least one, you know, kicktail guard in here. You know, a center you can build around for the foreseeable future. And you're going to have to replace Mitchell Schwartz probably sooner rather than later. So, um, I, I think that, you know... It's time to invest in, spend money on offensive line and draft there and really fortify it. But they're not they're not built to be a group like Tennessee's where they just impose their will on you or even Cleveland's where they do that. And they spent a lot of money on it, spent a lot, a lot of high draft picks on it. They're just not built to do that. They rely on the outside skill talent the transcendent quarterback and the transcendent play caller to get the job done. And that, Ridge, that, that is good enough to get to the Super Bowl and win it this year. But they, I do think in the future they need to address it. Therese, here's one from the 954 area code. I have no idea where this is. Do you know where this is, Nick? <laughs> 954 area code. We'll figure out where your, your question's from. But he says, hey, Jay, my question for Therese, does he think the Steelers will lose the Buffalo? Remember last year, Therese, all the hopes – we're on the Buffalo Bills beating the Patriots in the second last week. Didn't happen. It took Fitzpatrick to do it. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, um, you know, I think Buffalo is a competitive team. I think that's a good team. I think that's a team that is uh, going to be difficult, basically, for anybody to beat. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think the, the phrase, any given Sunday, applies, <laughs> you know. Uh, but But I do feel like, When we get to the playoffs, the only teams I'm confident about seeing in the AFC, I feel like no matter what, it's going to be Chiefs, Steelers in the AFC Championship game, despite the Steelers' loss today. So I feel everything that happens beneath that really kind of doesn't really rate with me too much right now. That was a good movie, Trez. I don't know what you think of any given Sunday. The first ever. Love it. Where Under Armour uniforms were put out there. Love it. The great Um, Willie Beeman. Charles and I on the Yahoo Sports NFL <laughs> podcast did an entire movie just dissecting and eviscerating it for fun. I hope people go on Apple iTunes and find that because um, it, it was it's a fun listen. It's one of my uh, favorite football movies ever. Trez, we got about a minute left on the Trez Paler show. Jalen Hurts takes over in Philadelphia. What will become of Wentz? His contract makes him not very movable, but 
we going to see more Jalen? Appreciate all the questions this week, guys. Um, I don't know. They've got so much money invested in Wentz. It's going to be tough to just move on that quickly. But, you know, um, Wentz seems broken right now. Sometimes it's good to sit and watch another guy do your job. So we will see more of Jalen Hurts, the extent to which I'm not sure. But we'll see more of him. Therese Paler, you do your Christmas shopping in stores or you do it online? I do it online, man. I can't be going out in a pandemic, brother. <laughs> well, say we didn't have a pandemic. Do you still do it online? Uh, it, then it'd be a mix of both. I actually <laughs> enjoy the I, I enjoy the you know the pageantry of going Christmas shopping and getting a few things. I like it. It's fun. Well, that's Trez Paler. This is the Trez Paler Show. Don't forget he's at Trez Paler, senior NFL writer, YahooSports.com, and also a Hall of Fame voter. Trez, take care, my friend. Same to you. Make sure you rate and review this podcast on Apple iTunes, guys. I'd appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. Thanks, Trez. See you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.